We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Welcome to the Roadwire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. I am Scott Jensted, joined as always by Andrew Laird. Uh, we are sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. We greatly appreciate that. If you could please rate or review the podcast, that would also be fantastic. If you enjoy listening to us, give us a bunch of stars. Leave a nice comment that does mean, mean a lot for the podcast and goes a long way. Uh, we have made it. We are at week one after a number of preseason podcasts. We are finally at the season. We had a not-so-thrilling uh, Thursday night opener last night. Uh, luckily, that's not on our DFS slate as the Packers beat the Bears 10-3. to Andrew, how are you for week one? I hope you're excited. Very excited, although I'm astonished that of the two of us, I was the one who watched yes. all of last night's game. Um, I wish I had those three hours back because, my gosh, that was such a waste of time. I was I was actually out with the family. Uh, my mom's in town, so we went out, and we actually at the LA County Fair. So I didn't miss the game. I saw some some clips here and there as I was in walking past uh, little bars or stuff like that. But uh, every time I looked up, it looked like uh, the score had not changed. Nothing had happened. If you had said like I just stayed home and read the dictionary, like you, that was <laughs> would have been a better use of time than watching that game. But uh, it's like we're finally here at week one. We every uh, week in our into our preview podcast, and I don't want to give. Uh, too much away to our listeners here but you know we kind of discuss like what 
we're going to talk about on the podcast. And there was always this temptation to like, should we talk about week one? Because like the prices <laughs> yep. have been out. So, and we're like, uh, you know, maybe we should wait. Maybe we should wait. And then um, last week I was almost ready to be like, all right, we should, why don't we just like kind of talk a little bit about it? And we avoided it. And then Ezekiel Elliott now like tosses this huge wrench in everything. And I feel like we would have lost, you know, there would have been a nice long Tony Pollard conversation last week and what you can do with such a cheap running back with great opportunity. And it would have all been for not. So here we are uh, with good timing. Wild year too. like two weeks ago, if we had done it, we would have had the Andrew Luck discussion. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Three days ago, if we had done it, if we were talking, you know, Monday night games or showdowns, we would have had Antonio Brown. I mean, this is, this has been a wild week of, of stuff changing in the world. It's, it's amazing how much uh, sports is now like not about the sport. Yeah, and, I don't, um, I don't, I don't love that. I, was it you who was like, I just wish that we didn't. That there, there's always so much work already into fantasy sports, and now having yep. to deal with like suspensions yeah. and retirements, and it's like. Um, but at least the other work is fun. Like I love breaking down stats yeah. and watching games and stuff. This like the in season long this year, I think we talked about it last week, trying to figure out Antonio or Antonio Brown now and Ezekiel Elliott and Melvin Gordon, like it's just not fun. Like that I don't want to do that. I wanna like figure out if I think Melvin Gordon's a good value at the ADP or the price, or I think he's gonna break out, or you know, I think he's gonna have a down year. Like figuring this stuff out, like whether he's gonna play or not, it's just it's just been uh, it made the made the offseason a little bit less fun than usual. Yeah, it's just like a wrinkle that not that we have like control over injuries, but like we know that that's part of a game. And now we're going to have to like start building in like, oh, well, you know, in keeper leagues, well, you know, he's going to be a free agent in four years. And so he might hold out in three. And so maybe I get rid (laughs) of it. Um, you know, there are people who love that stuff and not to say that I don't love a good, uh, salary cap conversation, but like, it's just getting to the point where <clears throat> there are just more variables that, that are built into everything. Like even, even daily as we yeah. talk, you know, now that t- Tony Pollard and, and Zeke are going to, who knows what's going to happen, but like, you know, it's part yeah, of the I, reason I know, that you like, I, I know that I'm not going to talk about Tony Pollard in this podcast at all. So there's, <laughs> I'm going to bring him up every other minute just because I'm Beautiful. so angry he, that he's going to be the new Paul Perkins. Yeah. Oh, there. I love that. Love that. Uh, <laughs> less giants talk, the better, but I don't know. It's just, you know, it, the one of the be- huge benefits of playing daily fantasy football is like injuries happen, but they're not like crippling you for weeks. Uh, but now these like contract holdouts are kind of crippling us, at least for week one. And then like if Gordon does report, then what happens? It's the Antonio Brown situation, which uh, really is shocking. I don't know how anybody could have seen this kind of uh, behavior from that situation or that team. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, when you when you uh, when you sign a four year old, I think you expect things to happen. I, I've seen some uh, some tweets about people who they sound like genuinely concerned that like Antonio Brown may have like legitimate issues and um, right. So maybe he does. I, I hate like you know I don't want to make, make light of that, but uh, but there's again just like more things that we never thought we'd have to think about, and here we are talking about them. Yeah, I think it's uh, more true than ever. The NFL is really built for DFS. <laughs> and that's why we're here. That is why we're here. So um, just a, a general overview. Each week we're going to – we'll just kind of do a general overview of the slate, uh, you know, really quick. Kind of what are the high total games with the low Vegas total games? What are what primetime games are not on the slate if you wanted to play showdown? But uh, what are, you know, we'll generally hit the main slate. Uh, we'll, we'll run through the positions. Uh, Andrew and I are actually going to start with running backs. Uh, we feel that, you know, most shows and most sites start with quarterback because it's kind of the thing you listed first. But, you know, when we build teams, we tend to start with the running backs. It tends to, uh, you know, really affect how you build the rest of your team. So we're going to start 
start there, then drop drop into quarterbacks and receivers and, and stacks and stuff like that. We'll, we'll hit some tight ends and defenses and also drop our best bets at the end of the podcast, you know, to kind of talk about if there's any games we really like with the spread or versus a total. So uh, let's get into this week one slate. We've got uh, the main slate is 12 games on FanDuel and DraftKings, 13 games on Yahoo, which includes the Sunday night game, the Patriots-Steelers game, obviously a pretty big game. Uh, looking at high total games, we've got uh, three games on the main slate that are over 50 points. We have the 49ers at Buccaneers at 51, Tampa Bay favored by a point. We have the Rams at Carolina at 51, the Rams favored by three on the road, and also Jacksonville uh, hosting Kansas City. Chiefs favored by three and a half on the road, a total of 52. Uh, interesting game there. So we have you know a, a big time offense and a big time defense on paper with a high total. Uh, of those three games, Andrew, anybody that uh, you're really attacking and stacking? Do you like all three? How do you feel about the high total games this week? Uh, it's it's weird to have this many of them because you know we usually like when you have one fifty then you're like oh all right that's a game that a lot of people are going to go after but I mean I think they're they're all going to be popular because like which only helps like disperse the um, yeah. the ownership but it, it's weird to like go in and be like I really uh, like I I guess it's just like mentally I just struggle still putting this like Bucks Niners game in the same realm as a game with the Rams and a game with the Chiefs. But, um, you know, we're obviously there are high expectations for both teams this year. Um, that Bucks offense with Bruce, Bruce Arians now is supposed to produce a lot. But they're, the way that those teams are going to score is going to be very different. Like, you look at the Bucks and it's pretty much just the passing game, at least in terms of uh, cash games. I don't see anybody really targeting the running backs. Um, and you, but you kind of separately get the total opposite with the Chiefs. Like, you can play anybody on the Chiefs. Um, the Rams, you know, there's obviously some risk there, but like there are plenty of guys you can play. So it's just, I don't know. It, the that that Bucks 49ers game is a tricky one for me. It is, and I think it'll be popular. People have been kind of pointing that game, and you know, a, a combo of you know Arians, but also both defenses could be bad. I think yeah. the Niners defense is going to be better than people think. It might take a few weeks. So uh, you know, uh, obviously implementing a new two new defensive ends and D Ford and uh, and and Bosa. Uh, so it'll be an interesting game. That's a, it's a one o'clock game. It's a, it's weirdly a you know East Coast game that starts later on. Um, on the Kansas City Jacksonville game, you know I think that uh, Kansas is going to be popular every week. They're on the slate. Uh, do you think they're going to be less popular this week going into Jacksonville than they normally will? I mean, obviously Jacksonville known for its defense, known for uh, you know making things tough on offenses. Obviously Kansas City can score on anybody. We we acknowledge that. But do you think Kansas City uh, will be will be lower percentage than normal based on the matchup? Uh, probably, I, I think it's actually less because of the matchup and more because of these other two games that are that okay. have such high totals. Like, and and it's not like the games that are behind it are like drastically behind. Like, um, Vikings Falcons is pretty high, um, and then it, on the Yahoo slate, this Steelers Patriots game is kind of in the same range as well. They're in the, the really high forties, and so um, I think yeah, the, the Chiefs are going to be owned because uh, I wrote this in my uh, my DraftKings article for the week, like. There's a legitimate like FOMO, which is a term I absolutely cannot believe I just used. Um, yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little disappointed. Jeez, uh, <laughs> with Patrick Mahomes, I promise that's the last time I'll I'll use that. Um, but I think people like see Patrick Mahomes and they're like, I really don't want to miss out on on a Mahomes game. And so I think that just kind of naturally brings his his ownership up. And then you know, once you start talking about Mahomes, you're going to look at Tyreek Hill, you're going to look at Travis Kelsey, and then all of a sudden. You have almost no salary left, but people, they're like, you know, the, the Chiefs can put up a ton of points. The Jaguars are certainly good defensively, but they were really good two years ago. They weren't nearly as good last year. And so um, and that, that's that's a long time in the NFL. too. It is a long time for sure. Yeah. Uh, and so I think 
the Chiefs will be owned, but I think there are enough people who are going to look at the Bucks and they're going to look at the Rams uh, and think, you know, maybe I can pivot off a little bit. But uh, there's definitely um, Chiefs fear that you're going to miss out. Yeah, I think they'll be a little bit lower, too, kind of for the reasons you played out. But I do think the at Jacksonville will affect you a little bit. I think people look at Mahomes and Tyreek and still see that they're priced up still and maybe think, you know, maybe this is the week that I, and I don't need to, to pay up for them. So it'll be an interesting. I'm curious to see what uh, Mahomes percentage will be on the low total games. We've got a couple of games that stick out as uh, as really low totals. The first is um, the Bills headed to your New York Jets. Uh, Jets fared by three. Look at that. Jets favored week one. You got to love that. <laughs> Uh, 40 and a half on that total. And then we get the really low total game. We have Baltimore headed to Miami. Um, obviously Miami has traded a bunch of guys do not appear to be playing for 2019 appears to be maybe playing for an Alabama quarterback named Tua instead. <laughs> uh, over under is 37 and a half there. Obviously Baltimore known for its defense. Um, both teams are, are probably going to run kind of a slow pace. You might see a lot of play. Uh, you know, might see not that many plays. Um, obviously Miami, you know, their implied total is really low because Baltimore's fared by six and a half in that game. Uh, are those two games games? You just kind of, uh, you know, I think that Baltimore a little bit is interesting with uh, Lamar Jackson, maybe some running backs, uh, Bu- Buffalo, New York, you're just writing off kind of everybody in that game. Or is there anybody you like in there uh, as we'll get to positions, but do you, do you ever write off games? No, definitely not. I mean, if you're going to write off the Ravens, um, against the dolphins and you're kind of taking out Lamar Jackson, who I feel like is. You know, right. a pretty popular or pretty popular option, at least. Um, I hate to say that the I'm looking at the uh, FanDuel Sportsbook right now. The Jets are now down to uh, minus two and a half. Ooh, um, opportunity right there. Look which, at that. Uh, yeah, it's a little a little bit of a worry there. But um, if I if I knew who the Jets kicker was, I would say that you're going to get a nice uh, late field goal to cover. <laughs> but uh, I I forget who they ended up uh, ended up they uh, didn't landing have one on as of like three days ago. So. I know it was crazy. Like I kept looking. I'm like, oh, the Jets don't have a kicker. No, like, yeah, uh, I think Blair Walsh was uh, somewhere. Oh around. god, had, the, go- the ghost of Blair Walsh. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping oh. that they can convince Carly Lloyd to just start playing football right now. But uh, anyway, Ke- I think Keenan Allen strongly disagrees. <laughs> um. I think that's definitely not a game to avoid. And I've actually, there are some people in our uh, Rotowire chat on Discord who were talking about like stacking this game uh, for large field GPPs because, like, who on earth wants to play multiple guys from Bills Jets when uh, with a 40 and a half total? But uh, I mean, Le'Veon Bell, where you know, it's his first game with the Jets. And I think people kind of forget how great he was and they just completely give the credit to the Steelers because of how good James Conner is. And I think there are a lot of people who are just kind of ignoring that, like maybe they just happen to have two really good running backs back to back, but the running backs don't matter. Crowd just kind of is like, Oh, see, there's evidence that they don't care. You can just throw James Conner in who was actually like a really good running back anyway. But, uh, but I still side like on the jets and that's, that's not like a fully Homer side, but like, I think the jets offer more uh, than the bills do other than significantly low ownership. And so, you know, I don't. I wouldn't write that game off at all. But I'm, you're probably not really thinking about a lot of guys, at least for cash games. So in terms of the primetime games, obviously we we lost uh, Green Bay and Chicago last night. Uh, Sunday night game we mentioned uh, Pittsburgh and New England, really interesting game that is on the Yahoo slate, not on the main DraftKings and FanDuel slates. And then we got two Monday night games this week for the Week One extravaganza. Houston at the Saints is an interesting game that we do lose on the main slate, and then Denver at Oakland, uh, not so interesting, especially with the. <laughs> Antonio Brown saga uh, looking like he's going to be suspended if uh, we ever see him in a Raiders uniform. Uh, that's to be seen. But uh, those games are off the slate, so we won't really talk about those games a bunch. We may uh, you know, lightly hit on Pittsburgh, New England, since it is on the Yahoo slate. Um, but other than that, uh, those games will be off. We're going to kind of focus our attention on, on the big main slates that, uh, that most people do play. Yeah, it's a bummer, too, because that Saints-Texans game 
like that's a game that people would be targeting over the Chiefs and over the the Bucks and over the Rams, you know, teams like that. So we miss out on that, but that should be a pretty exciting showdown for us. Yeah, no doubt there. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, the the Breeze Deshaun Watson matchup should be a, a nice uh, a nice young versus old uh, narrative that uh, the the NFL will enjoy. Not to get too much into the sports betting side, but six and a half seems pretty big, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, it does. I mean, much higher on the Texans. Yeah, New Orleans is one of those teams that that home field does make a huge difference. I've uh, you know walking into that place, it's loud, um, especially on a big game, you know, an opening night. I think that the, their their crowd plays into that spread a little bit too. Uh, feels a little bit bit a little bit high to me too. I like the Texans, but uh, you know, Saints are, uh, are are a lot of people's Super Bowl pick. Uh, you know, coming off a really good year last year, I. Uh, I still am wondering, you know, what uh, without Mark Ingram there and with uh, with Drew Brees now 40 years old, if they're going to be fully firing on all cylinders. But uh, yeah, it's Nathan home. I think people just kind of gravitate towards that. Didn't they lose the last big game at home? Uh, Well, you know, the referees will uh, will question. (laughs) Thank God we have uh, challenges now to pass interference. I I heard it was awful last night. I heard someone challenged a a play without a penalty. and I I missed it. I luckily I'm glad I missed it. It's a it's one of these things that like. Uh, everybody asks for, and then they're like, okay, here you go. And then as soon as you get it, you're like, oh, this was a giant mistake. Just, just for the record, I never asked for it. <laughs> you're a wiser man than most, Scott. So, uh, well, that's questionable. Uh, so before we get into some uh, some actual players here, a note from our, our sponsor, Fancy Football Evolution. Fancy Football Evolution is back for 2019 and better than ever. You spoke and we listened. We've added mock drafting, moved the championship final to NFL Week 16, and made setting up a private competition a snap. Join FFE and play the game you love as it was meant to be played. FFE's unique three-stage format delivers the best of season-long fantasy football without the never-ending drafts or late-season absentee owner and waiver wire antics that can develop in traditional leagues. Play as an individual or be the commissioner of your own private league. You'll get 16 weeks of action for just $25. You can be the next FFE $25,000 champion. Maximize your chances by owning multiple teams. Optional auto-draft and lineup assist can help you manage them with ease. It's all here. What are you waiting for? Register now at FantasyFootballEvolution.com and join the evolution. Availability varies by state. Visit FantasyFootballEvolution.com for details. So, Andrew, let's jump into running backs. Let's start with the, the with the pricey range. You mentioned Le'Veon and Bell earlier when talking with the Jets. We've got uh, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson are kind of the four um, you know, top guys. And we have Ezekiel Elliott, who's also up there. Question, you know, how much he'll play. The, the Cowboys have said 20, 25 snaps. Uh, if you're going someone on the on the top end here, uh, do you have do you have a favorite among these top guys? I I think uh, Barkley and McCaffrey are in their own tier. And I, Elliot yeah. obviously would be there if he had had a full training camp. I think this whole like he, 25 snaps or whatever it is, it's possible they give him the ball 20 times within those 25 snaps. Like, I think we don't necessarily want to just assume that they're going to limit his actual touches just because they're limiting his snaps. But I don't know how, at least in cash games or like low um, single entry GPPs or low entry GPPs, like I, spending all of that salary on a player who could be splitting time. Um, I tweeted out earlier this week that clearly this is just setting up for Tony Pollard, who I'm mentioning again, to have two touchdowns um, <laughs> just because like everybody was on him. Like there, there was the number of tweets I saw that I was like, I was 100% Tony Pollard. And it was like everybody, it almost came off a little bit more like um, I had such a sharp move and now I can't use it. But like everybody was going right. to use him. And so, oh, yeah. um, I just, I don't know how you can like comfortably go in unless you have like a ton of lineups by using Elliot and Barkley and McCaffrey both have, are in like excellent situations. I mean, 
Barkley obviously is a is a road uh, underdog, McCaffrey home home underdog, but um, that total is we were saying like is quite high. Uh, the Giants Dallas one isn't, but like everything the Giants do goes through Barkley, uh, and so I think there's really not much separating the two. Like, I think you can go either way and it wouldn't be surprising if they finished within like two points of each other. Uh, really one of them coming up as a dud would be more surprising than, you know, having some huge score. And so I don't want to say it was like a coin flip. I sided with McCaffrey just because I thought, um, that game was going to have more points in it. And so you will have more opportunities to get in the end zone, but, uh, I don't, I really don't think you can go wrong with either of those guys. Yeah, I, those, are, those are the top two for me, too. You know, Barkley's interesting. You look at his games against Dallas last year, he had 24 targets in those two games. Uh, you know, he had a 16-target game, a 14-catch game against uh, against the Cowboys in Week 2. Um, so, obviously, you know, if they if they do get behind, he's not going to you know sit on the bench and they're going to bring in a third down back. He's going to get a ton of dump-offs. You know, Eli loves to, to get rid of it quick. Um, so, I think, on uh, especially on DraftKings with the, with the point per reception, you know, a lot of value there. Obviously, McCaffrey, he had like 51 targets the last five weeks that he played. I'm not counting Week 17 where he played you know 10 snaps or whatever it was um you know some of that was without cam newton so you know i think they leaned on the drop off to, to mary caffrey even more than they did um when, when cam was fully healthy uh, but i think cam this week you know with the uh, the, the the foot to, he's gonna play but the you know foot ankle still a little bit bugging him uh you gotta figure you know maybe they don't risk him in the running game quite as much as normal maybe not near the maybe near the goal line they don't risk him as much as normal so i like that uh, i like that for mccaffrey i think the goal line carries to be there more than maybe mid-season when cam's fully healthy uh, i'd pick mccaffrey of the two, uh, you know, I think that they're going to have to score to, to to play with the Rams. I actually think they're going to beat the Rams. That's uh, that's oh. a pick of mine. I think they're going to I think they're going to win that game straight up. Um, you know, traveling all the way across. I think the Rams have a little bit. Uh, the Super Bowl hangover might be a little bit real for a couple of weeks, and I think Carolina is going to going to going to pop up and uh, give the Rams their first loss. Do you think we're going to see any sort of like Todd Gurley production? Like, do you think he, he in any way that he's worth? Uh, I'm looking seventy nine hundred on DraftKings, like. When you have if, guys, uh, if you're if you're going to do it, I think this is the week. I think he hasn't he hasn't played the whole preseason. He's fully rested. I think there are going to be many weeks this this year where I'm going to be a little bit worried on you know is this the game where where Gurley gets four carries? Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's week one. I think they're going to want to come out and 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 win. I think they're going to with him not playing the preseason fully fresh. I think if you're going to play Todd Gurley, this is a this is a good week to do it if you like Todd Gurley. Um, just because I think that I think the reins are off for this week. Yeah, yeah, I I can see that. I. I uh. I don't want to necessarily put him in the Elliott um, group of like guys I really don't want to touch. But, uh, you know, you look in that salary range, like David Johnson is there, Le'Veon Bell. Was, both of those guys are cheaper on DraftKings. Um, but we actually were talking earlier or, uh, that you might not need any of these guys. Like it's kind of a weird week that um, because there are cheaper running backs available uh, – and there's still no question that like Barkley and McCaffrey are like the best guys. Like if you finish the week and they're the two highest scoring running backs, like there's nothing surprising there. You're, yep. you're having to pay for that, um, which obviously means that you're not able to pay in other places. And we have like, an, like a, what felt like an endless number of guys <laughs> that were cheaper than them that could theoretically kind of match just a, a regular 50th percentile game from Barkley and McCaffrey. And you're saving thousands and dollars of salary that and, and a normal week last season, uh, my cash lineup started with McCaffrey or Barkley because like you want to lock in those points. And this week it was just you, you know, you can make lineups with them, obviously, with one of them, with both of them. But when you start realizing like how much you need to you need to go right and kind of not in the 
most realistic expectations of the other positions, you start to look at these cheaper running backs and say, maybe I'm going to go that way this week. Yeah, and one more point on Gurley that I think is interesting. I think the the the, the really interesting thing is that anytime the Rams get out in a big lead, and they, if they get if they got to seventeen to three lead, I think McVay is going to be super tempted to use that as a time to to not really uh, ride him as much as normal. I think you're going to lose a lot of that you know second half milking the clock that uh, Gurley was always good at and get mm-hmm. touchdowns. I think that they're you know not only are they going to get some games he rests, but I think there's going to be some situations where he rests. And you know you never know. The Rams can score quick if they get up. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of fourth quarters where uh, you know Malcolm Brown and Darrell Henderson are, are are carrying the load. Yeah, it's kind of a weird uh, – it's almost like a lose-lose. Like if they fall behind 17-3 and they start yep. airing it out, obviously he he catches plenty of passes, but like they have significantly better wide receivers than a lot of other teams. And right. so you don't necessarily need to feed Gurley like the Giants and need to feed Barkley even if they're behind. And then, yeah, that's a great point you said. Like if they get up, it could be C.J. Anderson time. C.J. Anderson plays for the Lions Oh, I'm still, sorry. But, not, uh, yeah. I'm still in yeah, no, I, I trust me. Henderson. Many times. Darrell Henderson, Henderson. and uh, Malcolm Brown could, could both get there, yeah. Um, had the sun end of the name right there. there was still you did. It was, yeah, it was close enough. Um, I didn't have preseason in the, either. <laughs> in the mid-range, um, you mentioned, and the thing I think that your good point you mentioned was you're talking about thousands of dollars difference. We've got, you know, probably like, I have like five guys I highlighted in this range that I think are, are going to be really good plays and really popular. Uh, and they're all, you know, we're talking 2,800 to 3,200 less than Barkley and McCaffrey. I mean, mm-hmm. Usually you get like a thousand dollar savings. We've yeah. got some really good plays. You guys are really priced down the mid range. First one we'll start with, uh, just, uh, you know, picking kind of randomly just is Dalvin cook. I think he's going to be the highest percentage owned running back on DraftKings for sure at 6,000. He is really low on DraftKings. Mm-hmm. Um, the Falcons have allowed more catches to running back in each of the last four seasons. That's each of the last four seasons. They've been the top team against running backs. Clearly a, uh, an organizational thing. You know, clearly they are okay with kind of bending but not breaking. Uh, pretty wild. They're number one for four straight years. Yes, so I think that that that, uh, that goes out of the fluky stat right there when you when you do it four years in a row. Uh, Dalvin obviously has huge payability. He had that 85 yard run in preseason that uh, you know moved up his ADP on its own and got people excited. <laughs> um, how high are you on Cook? Uh, do you agree with me? He's gonna be the highest percentage running back, or if not, you know, one of the couple highest. Uh, how high are you on Cook at six thousand on drafting seventy four hundred on Fanduel? Going through all of the running back like prices he ended up the first one in my lineup like the generally it's great to like look at running backs certainly like pass catching running backs which he is against the falcons and then when you have that situation at home and then you realize he's significantly cheaper like he i think everybody's going to go down down this path like we're on i didn't discover anything with (laughs) finding cook at six thousand. like i totally agree i think he's if he's not the highest owned he's certainly going to be up there um, mostly because, you know, we were saying he's significantly cheaper than McCaffrey and Barkley, but like, it's certainly doable to play cook and one of those guys. You could play cook and both of those guys if you want to sacrifice at, up at, uh, the wide receiver spots. And so, um, he's going to be, yeah, extremely, extremely popular. Um, the guys, I think we have the same, basically five guys who are in this group. It's, it's Dalvin cook, um, Nick Chubb, um, Leonard Fournette. Chris Carson, and I'm also throwing in Carrion Johnson uh, because, though I think he's going to be the lowest owned of all of that group. And I feel like in a normal week, looking at the at the DraftKings prices, um, we have Derrick Henry and Marlon Mack and Austin Eckler, who are also kind of in this range, who on a normal week, I feel like be like, oh, that's, you know, those are pretty good prices 
for yep. um, guys who, you know, they're not like workhorses for the most part, but like, you know, they should, they're, it's not great situations, but they're cheap. And so maybe you'll get enough out of it, but you almost don't even need them this week. Not, not, not almost, you don't need them this week, at least in cash games because of the five guys that I listed that are, that just seem like they're so much better. So I wanted to hit on I hit on Fournette. I had him as I had him written down in this range, but not bolded for me. Uh, I just it, it's a tough spot for me. I know that he's uh, you know obviously gonna be really involved. He's sixty one hundred on DraftKings, seventy two hundred on FanDuel. Uh, the problem I, I think is the Chiefs. Is Fournette feels to me like a guy that that does need game flow. You know I know I know he can catch the passes and stuff, but I just worry that you know I, I realize the Jaguars D is good and could hold down the Chiefs a little bit, but with that Chiefs. That Chiefs offense, you know, if they score, you know, 21, 24 in the first half, I just wonder if we're going to see much Fournette in the second half. Uh, the Chiefs defense is not something that I'd be scared of. I like that matchup on, on paper, you know, offense versus defense. I just worry a little bit about game flow with Fournette that, you know, compared to these other guys, he could get phased out as we get late in the game. I think that's absolutely within the realm of possibilities that he that the Chiefs go up big and he's kind of stuck. But I kind of went counter of the 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 best way to slow the chiefs is to not let the offense on the field. Oh, yeah. The easiest way to keep the offense off the field is to just run Fournette as much as possible. And so I think it's possible that they, you know, run him as much as they can in the first half and if they're getting blown out then yeah, he's going to he's done. But theoretically like or like logically it makes sense that like they should be using him as much as possible as early as possible because the more he's on the field the less the chiefs are the chiefs offense is on the field. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely a good point. I, I think game plan wise that uh, they 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 want to get Fournette involved. I just don't know if it uh, realistically wise in the second half if it'll work if they need to catch up. Uh, you mentioned Carryon Johnson is kind of your fifth guy there. I do like Carryon Johnson. Fifty eight hundred on DraftKings, seven thousand on FanDuel. Uh, mostly because the Arizona defense is terrible. Uh, they ranked 32nd last year in rushing yards allowed and rushing TDs allowed. They had the uh, the great combo there. Also, we've got Daryl Bevel moving as the offensive coordinator uh, to to the Lions. He was previously with Seattle from 2011 to 2017. Obviously loves the run. He's a run heavy guy. Um, Detroit has not been a run heavy team for many years. They've been a lot of a lot of Matt Stafford plays. I think a lot of that is. Offense coordinator-wise, I think a lot of this, they didn't really have a running back they could lean on. I think Karen Johnson's their first really, really talented running back in a while. Um, at that price of 5800 I think I think Karrion's uh, right there with me for for Cook, maybe a little bit of a notch below. Um, I like Karrion Johnson for a season long. I like Karrion Johnson this week. Um, I just worry a little bit about the Detroit offense, you know, how much of Daryl Bevel uh, kind of seeps in there. Do they use him a ton, or do we get back to the, you know, Matt Stafford airing it out? But uh, I think Karrion Johnson, a game that, uh, that should be close, I think they are uh, – they're they're favored by a couple over the Cardinals in Arizona. Yeah, it looks like uh, favored by two and a half. Uh, I think Kerry Johnson can be super involved. Uh, he's he's definitely a, a a prime play for me this week. Uh, I I certainly agree with all of that. Um, it's more. Uh, it's not that I. Do, I mean, I obviously have him in this grouping. Uh, and the the nice thing about uh, Johnson is that like he does catch passes. So it's not like um, you know if, even if they establish the run and then they have to start throwing, like he should get a few balls thrown his way anyway. Um, yep. the, it's funny that, you know, we're talking about moving over from Seattle is run heavy because Chris Carson is the one that I was hesitant the most on. And I think the only reason I'm so hesitant is because of the number of times that we're like, okay, we know what the Seahawks backfield is going to be. And then it's totally different, uh, out of nowhere. And so, uh, like he's the cheapest of this group. Like he's actually cheaper than Johnson, but Seattle is a gigantic favorite over, uh, the Bengals and, Theoretically, like they get out to a lead, they pound Carson to uh, to finish the game out. 
But I, I feel like I'm always going to have this underlying fear of when I put my trust in who I think is the right Seattle running back, and then it turns out that, that it's a total bust once again. Yeah, and the, the helium in drafts on Chris Carson is huge right now. I think that's going to seep in this week. I think he's going to be really popular. I think he's going to be the second most popular back after uh, Dalvin Cook. Uh, I agree with you there. I mean, I think he's legitimately good when he plays. He's very efficient. Great game script at home versus the Bengals as a favorite, as you mentioned. Uh, I'm a little hesitant, too. You know, you still have Rashad Penny there kind of lingering. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Carson's going to be the bell cow there still. But, uh, yeah, there's a little bit that, little bit of doubt that seeps in your mind with Seattle just because of, of things that's happened to us in the past. Yeah, it's uh, it's the scariest one. But what do you think about Chubb? Like the he's obviously like the main running back on an offense that's supposed to be really good, and like that should be enough. They're they're favored at home, like, and yet I feel like I was putting in the common. You know, I was I'm most likely playing three of these guys. You know, three running backs on DraftKings. I'll use a flex spot on a running back for cash games. Um, but I feel like I'm looking at this group of five and you can say, call it a group of seven with, you know, if I end up playing Barkley or McCaffrey. But I feel like Chubb should be higher on my list. But I just generally, every time I kind of put things together, then I look at my team and he's not on it. Um, is that a mistake? Uh, I love Nick Chubb. I, I think the, the reason it probably happens is because we, they have so many weapons there. You right. know, we talked about uh, we talked about carry on and he's obviously the key guy there. Chris Carson, obviously, can't get, I mean, Tyler Lockett's there, and we've got Kenny Galladay in Detroit. But you look in Cleveland, we've got, you know, you have Jarvis Lander, you have Odell Beckham, you have Baker Mayfield, who obviously is going to want to throw the ball. You have, uh, you know, David Njoku, uh, although I don't like him this week against Tennessee's defense. But uh, I love Chubb. You know, you look at the last seven weeks he played last year. I'm not counting week 17 again. He either scored or had 100 yards in all seven of those mm-hmm. games. Uh, huge play guy. You know, he can bust a long one anytime. Uh, I think he will be popular just because, you know, people are still kind of in draft mode, like I said. And he was a, he was a first-round pick, late first-round pick in most drafts. Uh, you know, every once in a while, late or early second round. But, you know, kind of right around that turn. Um, I think he'll be popular. I think people will uh, will play him. I think he's really a, a sexy guy right now. I just think he's going to come behind um, Cook and Carson in terms of percentage just because uh, a little bit more expensive at 6400 on DraftKings. Um, I, I, I like him a lot. I have no, uh, no problem with him this week. Uh, he will definitely be in some of my lineups. Yeah. It's uh... – yeah, I, I I haven't been able to make the jump at least in a cash game, cash lineup for him just because he is like slightly more than the other guys, and so yep. uh, that difference kind of is uh, is making it for me. That I found it funny that Joe Mixon, given their matchup, was actually more expensive than all of these guys. Like Mixon obviously had some pretty good games, but I have never been like the biggest Bengals anything believer. Like I'm usually the last guy who's even going to take AJ Green or or Tyler Boyd, and yet. Mixon's more expensive than all of them that just made him like a non-consideration for me. Non-consideration for me too. You know, season long, obviously you start him, but in DFS, there were just too many other choices in the range that I liked more. But uh, let's talk about Austin Eckler. He's obviously been very popular this offseason as we've kind of waited for Melvin Gordon. We're here at week one. Melvin Gordon is still not here. Eckler is uh, you know, going to be the starter. Uh, Justin Jackson is there too, and I think it's going to be a little more timeshare than most people think. Uh, I'm off Eckler this week, just I'm a little bit worried about the Chargers' offensive line. Uh, you know, uh, Russell Okung is out for this game. Um, I don't know who's going to get the goal line carries. I don't know if they get a lead versus Indy too. Obviously, the Andrew Luck less Colts. If they get a lead, I don't know if he's going to be the milking guy or it's going to be Justin Jackson. Um, I think I'm going to watch this situation for a week before I decide. But uh, I'm not taking Eckler can, compared to these other guys in this range. I have. Almost no interest in him at this point. Um, it's just like a similar, just that we were talking about with Seattle, except this is like a legitimate uh, timeshare that, you know, expected timeshare. Even if Eckler has like a majority, it's going to be like a small majority. And when you have 
that situation and the fact that I'm a little higher on the Colts, I think. Um, obviously, Andrew Luck had not much to do with the Colts' defense, although theoretically the better he does, the less they're on the field. But I don't know. It just seems like with the guys that you uh, can play slightly more expensive that paying for Eckler, at least in a cash game, even in GPPs, like how many uh, touches is he really going to get? He's going to have to score on like you know 25% of his looks to uh, – to actually pay you know, pay off something, and especially with the guys that are like right behind him, like Mark Ingram, um, who is four hundred dollars cheaper on DraftKings, has a significantly better situation than Eckler. You can even make the case for like Devonte Freeman, who I never like playing um, <laughs> over Eckler, just because there are fewer question marks. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Ingram because I was going to drop down to him next. Uh, he's kind of <clears throat> a little bit below these mid-range guys at 5,100 on DraftKings, 6,600 on FanDuel, but above the, the a couple of the cheapies that I want to talk about. But, uh, you know, with Ingram, the Dolphins' uh, defense is terrible. Kiko Alonso's not there anymore. Uh, you know, they, they're they they're clearly tanking this year. They're not uh, not playing to win this year. Really good game script as a, 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 a touchdown favorite on the road. Uh, Lamar Jackson opens up lanes for him, which is, uh, you know, obviously, obviously a really good thing, too. They have to account for him. They got to spy on Lamar because of how much he runs. You know, that's one less defensive player that's concerned with the running back. Uh, I guess the only thing would be is how much they timeshare there. They've talked about how, you know, Justice Hill, yeah. Gus Edwards are going to get some carries. I think Ingram's the main guy, but they will split it around a little bit. You look at the Ravens. I mean, they averaged 45 carries for 229 yards the last seven weeks, just rushing last year. Uh, they were a monster rushing team. A lot, obviously, a lot of that is Lamar Jackson, but a lot of that was Gus Edwards. He had some really big games, too. Uh, 5,100 on Ingram. How uh, how invested are you here? None. Wow. Not, none. Uh, pretty much none. Yeah. I, Interesting. Um, part of it is that I'm really high on Lamar. And okay. I. it seems like, you know, we always talk about how, like, you generally don't want to have to play a quarterback and running back from the same team. But Lamar Jackson is kind of this very special case where, like, maybe it'll work. But um, the salary that you're saving with Ingram uh, versus the, the bunch of guys that we just talked about uh, doesn't really move the needle for the other positions. Uh, maybe it, maybe it's just the way that I ended up building my lineup. But like the it's it's not quite enough to like drastically improve the tight end and the wide receivers are all just you know where my guys were. We're all just kind of the same, or I'm at the top already, and so it doesn't matter. Now I'm just changing defenses. But it's like, do I really want to go from um, Chris Carson to Ingram so that I can get a different defense, which like that I never like, you know, doing something just to change a defense. And so I don't know. It just seems like he's he's in a very good spot. He's cheap. And yet I feel like there are better situations even within a thousand dollars. And like that thousand isn't buying me enough to justify the, the uncertainty of that backfield. Yeah, and you've also got the goal line situation where you have a quarterback like Lamar who's probably in a, you know at the five yard line they can run some sort of play where he's keeping or going to the corner. So uh, you're just not locked into those goal line carries as much as you are some of these other bell cow backs. Uh, anybody else in this uh, mid range before we hit a couple cheapies that you wanted to highlight? Uh, I wanted to ask you actually about Marlon Mack because I can't see clearly on the Colts, and so I'd like somebody who can actually see clearly on them. Like I. Like, I think Mac is a better play than Eckler. All right. I think, yeah, I mean, I could see, I could see the argument for that. Uh, he was obviously heavily, uh, heavily had a big uh, end of the year last year, had uh, five touchdowns the last four weeks. 
I'm a little hesitant here just because of the game script. Uh, you know, they are they are uh, touchdown underdogs. I think I'm going to watch the situation first. I think Max talented. I do like him. I just in this mid range there were other guys that I liked more. I kind of want to see how the Brissett offense looks for a week before I before I commit to Mac. I know you're higher on Indy this week than I am, uh, but I think the Chargers defense is is good. I think that you know they have uh, they have uh, really good uh, pass rushers. They you know in Bosa and Melvin Ingram uh, got a good secondary. I just think the the Chargers defense is a little bit better than we think. Uh, I'm a little bit worried about the Chargers offensive line, but on the defensive side of the ball at home, uh, Marlon Mack is just not someone that I'm playing heavily this week. Okay. I get it. I, I'm not playing him either. I just wanted to see, like, I think this, we've, we pretty much reached the bottom of guys that I'm like legitimately considering. And again, I think this is more like a, just how we play cash versus GPPs. Whereas the guys below here are certainly worth like some GPP considerations, but there's just so much uncertainty now that we can't play Tony Pollard. I feel like I yeah. should like ding every time. <laughs> yeah, I no doubt. Him, but, um, there and, are I mean, and that's, that are that's a good point too. There's a good point too that you know we don't want you. We're not going to mention every single player. It's just because you, you, a you can't do it. It'll take forever. But we want to really highlight the guys that we do like. Uh, we'll also mention some. You know, if we have a if we have a high percentage fade that we're fading. You know, I think we'll mention that too. But uh, you know, we're really trying to highlight the guys that that we're really interested in. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we we can mention plenty of names down here that I think would you know if somebody has a big game and you're like oh I can't believe you guys didn't mention um, you know uh, Lashawn McCoy who. Like <laughs> McCoy could have a huge game, you know, but I'm not even at 4,600 in that game. If they gave him all every carry, then, you know, surely we'd be talking about him. But uh, I feel like everybody that we could possibly discuss at this point, unless you have some uh, ace up your sleeve, like everybody is basically either sharing time or they're the backup. I have I have two uber cheapies I wanted to uh, want to talk about uh, really quick. If you're looking to uh, if you're looking to really punt and, and save some salary, the first one is uh, Matt Breida in San Francisco. Yeah. Four thousand on DraftKings, fifty four hundred on FanDuel. Uh, a more a more of a DraftKings play for me than FanDuel at four thousand uh, with full point PPR. I think Breida is really interesting. This is obviously a high total game, a close game. Uh, Breida has looked better than Tevin Coleman in the preseason. I think he's uh, you know he has definitely moved up that depth chart. There was some controversy back and forth whether he's the starter or not. I don't think that really matters. I think they're going to obviously both see the field, both touch the ball. I think Breida is the guy that can break a bigger play. I think he's the he's the he's the game breaker of the two. Uh, just uh, just four. Thousand. If you're looking to, uh, you know, if you need a flex spot, if you're between him and, you know, say a four thousand dollar receiver, and you can't decide, uh, I think Breda is going to touch the ball. I think the game is going to be built in a way that's really good for him. Uh, he's a guy that, uh, in some builds, I like at four thousand on DraftKings. Uh, in the at the same price point in the same game, at least on DraftKings, is Peyton Barber, who is kind of in a similar situation. Like he might be getting some touches. He's home. Like, what do you think? Do you think Breed is actually much better than Barber? Uh, I do think Breed is better than Barber. I think Barber's interesting, though. I mean, for the same price, he's a, he is the starter. Uh, I just think they have three guys right there that are kind of mixing around. I think Breed is more of a more of a game breaker, explosive guy that uh, in a GPP you could see, you know, having a couple big plays that really really score for you. Okay, I like it. Like the other guy is uh, the other guy is a tough one. It's Miles Sanders with the Eagles. Really mm. nice game script. They are big favorites against Washington. They, I, I think that they're my survivor pick. Uh, I think that you know that's gonna be really popular. So I'm not breaking ground there. But <laughs> three nine hundred on DraftKings. He's a little priced up on Fanduel. He's like six thousand there. It's just tough because we haven't really seen how this is gonna work in the preseason. Miles Sanders does not play very much. Uh, Jordan Howard is there now. They've they've signed him. They also have a you know they have Corey Clement from uh, Wisconsin. Uh, they've got multiple guys there. I think Sanders is the the most explosive 
explosive guy. I think he's the most interesting guy. Uh, I think I would probably stay away from week one to kind of see how they work it out. But uh, I could see at 3,900 if you're looking to kind of uh, punt the flex play that, uh, that he could hit a couple big ones. I mean, given how heavily favored the Eagles are, like it is just a natural instinct to be like, oh, all right, well, who's the running back and right. uh, who can we go for? And when I was scrolling through, I was like, this is definitely timeshare, but like maybe I missed something recently that there, you know, Jordan Howard at 4,200, like if there was an indication that he was going to get all the carries, like that's a phenomenal price. And then you go through and it's like, no, there's literally no plan at all for any of them to really dominate the backfield. And they're like, they're going with the hot hand, but like hot hand tends to also come with a short leash. And so it's possible I, that one of these guys I, gets I, a hot game. hand comes with a short leash. I like that. I'm going to use that. Sometime. <laughs> um, we didn't even mention Darren Sproles, who's probably the one who's going to score all the touchdowns now that we've mentioned everybody else. <laughs> right. But I mean, yeah, I just don't know uh, how, you know, again, it's one of these things. If you have a bunch of entries and obviously one of these guys could certainly um, go off in a game that they're expected to dominate. But uh, yeah, Sanders sounds like he it, it sounds like as the season moves on, he's going to be the guy that everybody's expecting to be the leader. But at this point, we just don't know. And you're just kind of handicapping yourself because we're going into a situation where you know that they're going to share. Like it's not, you know, sometimes you, they end up sharing and you're just like, man, I didn't see, you know, nobody had any indication that that was going to happen, but like we know. And so if you're buying into that, then, you know, you can't be disappointed when he finishes with eight carries for 27 yards. Yeah, I think obviously strictly a, a GPP guy there, but at the price, uh, if you're going to if you wanted to attack this game uh, and have someone for the second half, I think Sanders would it would be if I had to pick one, it would be him. Uh, I don't like I said, I, I I like Brita more than I do Sanders. You know, they're pretty much the same price, so I'll probably go to Brita and in, in the lineups where I do punt there. Um, but uh, if I had to pick one, it would be Sanders. Yep, I think that's the, that's the right call. Uh, so let's jump into some quarterbacks and wide receivers. I uh, will start with quarterbacks, but kind of as we're going, you know, so a lot of the defensive stuff uh, kind of uh, matters for both quarterback and, and wide receivers. We'll put them together. But first, a note from our sponsor, Fantasy Draft. Here's one million rake-free reasons to play on Fantasy Draft. Fantasy Draft is kicking off the 2019 NFL season in a big way with the one million dollar Hooters kickoff. This guaranteed contest is $20 to enter with the top 10,000 finishers winning cash prizes. And like all contests in DraftKings, it's rake-free. That means 100% of entry fees are paid to contest winners. Rake-free contests on Fantasy Draft are a game-changer. No longer will you lose 30% of your bankroll to rake. Join Fantasy Draft today and experience rake-free daily fantasy for yourself. Register at FantasyDraft.com today and use promo code RWNFL to take part in the rake-free revolution. So, Andrew, let's start at the top. We kind of we kind of mentioned Patrick Mahomes. We mentioned the Chiefs' offense. You know, going against this Jaguars D, uh, Mahomes is seventy two hundred on DraftKings, eighty seven hundred on FanDuel. Easily the highest at both uh, on, on both sites at the position of quarterback. Um, how big are you in Mahomes this week? Are you taking him? Are you fading him? Cash wise, what, what are you doing with the uh, with the Chiefs QB? I looked at Mahomes and thought I probably am not going to play him okay. uh, at least in cash. Like I generally don't pay like all the way up for quarterbacks in cash. That doesn't mean you shouldn't, but with with just the way that the pricing like broke down, there are a number of guys that you can play that are cheaper that are in either just as good or possibly better situations. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that I don't think Mahomes is going to be the, you know, the eighth highest scoring. Like there's a very good possibility that he is the highest scoring quarterback, Uh, but they're, you know, just, this is a salary cap game. And so paying up all of that, to uh, get those points, you know, a lot of people do that in cash games because the the idea is to focus on floor, and he probably has the highest floor of any quarterback. His ceiling is ridiculous. This is why he's the most expensive. Uh, but I, I just think you're going to end up seeing people 
start to build lineups. And then when you try to stack him with Kelsey or Hill or go down with like Watkins, um, there, you're going to get to a point where you're sacrificing quite a bit to get a, a bunch of the chiefs offense that may not be so much better than the others that you can consider like Tampa Bay, the Rams, even Carolina. If uh, sounds like Newton is completely healthy, Cleveland, like we have other options that I just don't think for cash games, like Mahomes is absolutely necessary. Yeah. I think that's going to be the, the thing for a lot of people. It makes him a little bit more interesting than usual. I think just because of the fact that I think there's so many options on a week one slate, we have so many games. If I am going Mahomes and I'm stacking with him, I'm doing it with Travis Kelsey this week. I think that, uh, you know, Tyreek Hill can obviously go off at any time, but he does get Jalen Ramsey. He had 61 yards against him. Uh, Ramsey played him pretty well last year. Uh, Sammy Watkins will see a lot of A.J. Bouye, who might be just as good as Ramsey, just doesn't talk as much, so we don't hear about him quite <laughs> as much. Um, but if I'm going stack with the Chiefs, for me, it's Mahomes and Kelsey. It's expensive, but uh, there are ways to do it. But, uh, yeah, if I'm playing Mahomes, I-, I like it with Kelsey this week. Yeah, I mean, if if Kelsey were a wide receiver, um, he'd be like the fourth or fifth highest. Oh, maybe it's a little lower than that. Sixth highest, most expensive. Um, right. He's uh, he. What is he? Seventy one hundred. Seventy one hundred. Yeah. Um, yeah. Almost the same as Mahomes. Which, like, for a quarterback tight end, like, it's kind of silly to see them that close. But right. Um, no, I think I think that'll be popular because um, there are obviously I think Mahomes is going to be popular because people like to play him. And the, the tight end group really isn't that strong. Um, I mean, it's not that strong in the NFL and the, the better that, ones are on put, the that's slate. That's putting it mildly. Yeah. Right. I looked at tight end and I was like, oh, there's like four guys. Right. That's it. Right. And so, uh, and we're not really missing anybody that we would normally be playing uh, from these Monday night or, or last night's garbage game. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I think Kelsey makes more sense. He's, um, he probably, not probably, he doesn't really have the, the upside of Hill just because Hill's speed is just like, can separate them completely. But, um, you know, the, the salary difference, I feel like if you're in that range, um, with Kelsey, obviously you can pivot to any other tight end just because he's the most expensive, but there are wide receivers in Hills range that I'm more comfortable playing just given the situations, particularly because of Kelsey, like any ball that goes to Kelsey is not going to Hill. And so, uh, it just seems like if, yeah, I think that's right. It's the Mahomes Kelsey is going to be very popular, but um, they're going to score a ton of points. So uh, I'm going to jump down to I think who's who I think is going to be the highest percentage quarterback this week, and that's Jameis Winston. Uh, Six thousand dollars on DraftKings, seventy five hundred on FanDuel. I think uh, you know a, a good jump down from Mahomes. He's twelve hundred less than Mahomes. Everybody's talking about this uh, this Niners Buccaneers game and talking about it for a couple of weeks. Uh, Bruce Arians can coach offense. Tampa Bay has the most passing yards in the NFL last year. Granted, it was split between uh, Winston and Fitzmagic, but uh, you know they did have the most yards. The Niners D. Uh, I think he's going to be better, especially pressuring the quarterback. If Bosa can play, it sounds like he's leaning that way. Uh, D. Ford was signed. Um, obviously, uh, you know, DeForest Buckner is a freaking stud. They've got Fred Warner at linebacker. But, you know, aside those guys, you know, there's not a lot of that. Richard Sherman's really good in the second day. The rest is very questionable. Sherman does not uh, does not shadow anybody. So, you know, the, the, the Buccaneers can kind of uh, scheme Mike Evans away on plays if they need to. They can scheme Chris Godwin away. Uh, great game script. I think he's going to be popular. For the guy who I think is most popular, though, there are a lot of questions about Jameis Winston. You know, we know we like the offense, we like the receivers. Uh, I don't think we really know how good he is or if he can run this offense. How do you feel about uh, Winston this week in a week that he's going to be really popular? Um, looking at this, I think he's sixty six hundred on DraftKings, not six thousand. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry. Yeah, um, right. So the the only reason why I think he might not be as popular as he normally would at sixty six hundred is because six hundred up to Mahomes really isn't that big, and so I think people are like, well. 
I don't know. It's, you know, do I really want to put my faith in Winston when I could have Mahomes for a little more? But um, obviously that game works out for him and everybody's very high on on Bruce Arians being able to like keep the offense going, obviously, or improving from last year even. Uh, And they're certainly expected to throw a lot, but like he turns the ball over. Um, Theoretically, if he turns the ball over enough and the Niners get ahead, then he'll be throwing a bunch to try to catch up. But um, I think that's how you put it is exactly right. Like there's tremendous upside opportunity here, but there are a lot of question marks specifically with Winston. And to the point where, I was looking at guys kind of cheaper than him that may not have quite the upside. Um, but the downside risk for Winston is, is there like it's possible he throws five interceptions. Like that's oh, yeah. within the realm of possibilities for Winston. Whereas the guys who are below him probably uh, max out at two or three. And so uh, maybe it's weird that maybe I'm the one who's a little more optimistic about the 49ers defense. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I'm, I think he's going to be very popular, but I, I don't think he's as high in my own player pool. If you do, uh, if you do stack him this week, you know I think that everybody's gonna be tempted to stack stack him with Chris Godwin. Godwin is seventeen hundred dollars less than Mike Evans. Mike Evans is seventy nine hundred. Yeah. Godwin is sixty two hundred. Uh, Godwin has been a huge draft media darling. Everybody's saying he's getting moved up to like the third round in a lot of drafts. Um, I think that if I'm going to stack Winston, I'm going to do it with Evans just to be a little different there, and I'll find the salary. Uh, I think that Evans uh, can pretty much uh, out-muscle anybody in the Niners secondary, maybe aside from Sherman, but I think that the Bucks will probably, like I said, scheme him away from Sherman, so I wouldn't worry about that. Um, I think if I'm going stack, though, I'm going I'm going Evans with the thought that uh, everybody in the world's going with Godwin. Yeah, I completely agree, and I think you can throw in O.J. Howard, too. Um, love O.J. Love so O.J. Like, Howard this week. Uh, Godwin is going to be really owned, and we'll— Yep. Uh, I mean, he's fairly cheap on both sides based on what the expectations are for that offense and the balls that are going to go to him. And obviously Evans is still the number one, but um, I don't want to call Godwin like I don't want to do one A, one B. Godwin is two because Evans is such a beast. But right. yeah, it's like, it, you know, Evans, I, I think people always hesitate on Evans. And I'm not quite sure why, because they're like, I don't know about him this week. And then he has one of those like 14 catch, three touchdown, two touchdown <laughs> games. And you're just like, oh, yeah, that's right. He's an absolute monster. And they're like, but I really like Tyreek Hill this week or Beckham or Julio Jones. Um, So there's like it's weird that like the number one wideout who is one of the best wide receivers in the league is in a game with a high total that is supposed to be close, that you're supposed to be throwing the ball a lot. And people are going for the other guy. (laughs) Like, yeah, I What's going I, I on? I feel like he's he's kind of considered just under that top tier, but always priced near it. So I think that uh, that affects him too. But I, I think this week it's just going to be that everybody loves Godwin so much, and it's such a big salary drop drop that uh, I think it's a, it's a it's a nice spot for Evans and a nice spot percentage wise. I just think that everybody's going to it's going to be like a magnet to Chris Godwin this week. Yeah, I totally agree. And and because everybody's looking at Godwin, and they're like, even you know, if you have salary to spend up, you're probably not playing Godwin and Evans, although I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but like you're really, you know, Jameis, Jameis Winston, Godwin, Evans, you probably, you know, if you throw Howard in, he's going to have to throw six touchdowns for this to work. Um, Right. (laughs) But I think, yeah, because Godwin's so popular and then people are going to be like, if they have money to pay up and it's like, oh, I don't want Godwin and Evans. I can play Beckham for 200 more Julio Jones for a hundred more Tyree kill for less. Like, I think it's a great spot to get like an under owned Mike Evans who's in a significantly or who's in a great position. 
I I do too. I, I love Evans this week. Uh, sticking at quarterback, uh, we'll drop down just because I know you want to talk about him. Six thousand on DraftKings, seven hundred four hundred on FanDuel. Is Lamar Jackson? You mentioned him a little bit. When you're talking about Mark Ingram. Again, the Dolph- Dolphins defense is brutal. A uh, really good chance that Lamar breaks a couple big plays, and obviously as a quarterback, he could hit a couple big passes too. The running creates such a nice floor, especially in cash games. You know you're going to get those rushing yards. I think that we're not going to see quite the carries we saw last year, but he's still going to run the ball. I mean, that's it's a huge weapon for them, him running the ball. So you're still going to get some of that. And then you get a little more passing yards, which is which is good too. Um, is Lamar uh, kind of uh, your favorite quarterback this week on DraftKings? I'm kind of uh, feeling that. <laughs> uh, point per dollar, I think he's got to be up there at the top. I think the okay. reason why I like him so much uh, is just the safety, like the rushing yards, give him such a floor that even if he has a terrible passing game day, uh, he can make up for it with these rushing yards. And if he gets in the end zone, you know, just just um, icing on the cake. So I don't. The difficulty with Jackson, um, which I wrote in my article, is that like um, you or maybe it's a positive depends how you want to look at it. But uh, you generally don't want to like overstack in cash games. You want to kind of diversify the game exposure, because if you end up stacking a game and the, the team is terrible, then you're you're toast. But and Jackson kind of gives you this opportunity where you're not actually tempted to stack him with anybody like yep. the the. The Ravens are expected to be like heavily use, using the run. He's a big part of that. And even if uh, they do throw more, like the the wide receivers that he's throwing to are not good enough, at least in cash games, to justify taking them just because you have Jackson. And um, I think you could make the argument, we'll get to tight end later. I think Mark Andrews, uh, there's a reason why you could throw him in in a lineup with Jackson in cash games and, and feel okay about it. But Jackson almost provides this like extra level of security of I can get a high floor quarterback without necessarily having to get this feeling that maybe I should throw a receiver in with him just because, you know, it's a, a positive correlation. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. He's more, he's the one quarterback that uh, you know even in GPPs I wouldn't I wouldn't be forced to stack with. I'm fine with him as a as a standalone. If I had to stack him with someone, I think I would do it as a punt play, and I do three thousand dollars Miles Boykin, who's flashed pretty well in the preseason. Sure, sure, why not? I mean, Andrews is three thousand also, and so it's yeah. like the, that. The the nice thing uh, is that you know a, a Ravens offensive passing stack is not going to cost you very much. Um, you're probably not going to get a lot out of it, but you know, like it's not going to be something where you have to pay up and you're sacrificing elsewhere. So you could theoretically do that and then pay up in other spots. But I think the, the group of quarterbacks, like in between Winston and Jackson, like we have some really good options in there. And yet big time. Yeah. We it's really not do. like we're just going to end up kind of bypassing them because at least in, you know, unless you do like multiple lineups, which, um, all of these guys are like making me want to do that because like <laughs> Baker Mayfield home against the Titans, Cam Newton, pretty much against anybody golf on the other side of that game, Russell Wilson in a game they should kill. Although I generally kick Wilson out just because, um, I feel like the upside is just so limited usually, but even like Matt Ryan, um, if you want to believe in Philip with, with the chargers, with rivers, even Dak Prescott was a little cheaper. Like, uh, the, the list goes on that like, there are a lot of like very playable quarterbacks this week. And what's funny is that if they were all priced up, we probably still could have played them because of this running back value that we have, but yep. they're actually all priced down. And so now we're at this situation where like, we can afford any of these guys and all of them are pretty much in good situations. 
Do you have a uh, preferred play in that in that group? Uh, are you are you on Mayfield? Or are you on Cam Newton? Do you have a guy in that group that sticks out to you? Maybe a little bit more than the others. Uh, I think Mayfield and Goff are up there. Like okay. I had, like I think people kind of forget. By the way, no no one's going to have Goff, and I think people completely forget about Goff only because he has so many weapons. And so you're like, oh man, I don't know who to play of like Woods or Cooks or Cup. Uh, and then you have to deal with the running backs, and it's like, well, who's throwing the ball to all these guys and it's like yep. Goff is going to be I think Goff is going to get to the end of the season as like one of the top run quarterbacks and you're going to look and be like why have I not played this guy at all this season and it's generally because if you feel the need to stack then you're kind of having to plant your flag on one guy when it could be one of four guys who really succeed with him yeah, and I think that there's going to be uh, there's going to be a Super Bowl hangover with Goff too. They, I mean, everybody remembers him scoring them scoring three points that game, struggling a little bit down the stretch, but he was really bad the, in the fantasy football playoffs. I think that Goff is going to be a guy that's uh, of those guys going to be super low percentage um, in a game that has a high total, which is pretty wild when you think about it. I think he's a very good opportunity if you wanted to go against the grain a little bit. Uh, if you can if you can pick the right receiver to stack him with, I think Goff is a really interesting option this week uh, for you know I think he'll be you know four or five percent owned, and they're not even that expensive like the <clears throat> cup is the cheapest which he's probably the one who's closest to like a cash lineup but on DraftKings, like cup 5700 wood 64 cook 65 like they're below the kind of the they're certainly below the upper tier of like the evans and beckhams and then they're even cheaper than like the viking guys Thielen and Diggs, ty hilton's above them and so um like you could definitely build a lineup with goff and two of those guys three if you want to go nuts um, because we have this this running back value, including some of these really cheap guys that you were throwing out there for for GPPs. That um, you know, this is this is the Rams. We saw them put up a ton of points last year, and yet here we are. Like you're going to get golf at four percent. You don't think that uh, Sean McVay has been literally watching film and scheming for nine months? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He, I think he's probably still pissed off. He admitted he got outcoached in the Super Bowl. I guess it's seven months since the Super Bowl, but um, yeah, I think that uh, I think the Rams are a really interesting play this week. You know, at Carolina, you know, people look at oh, Carolina's defense is pretty good. They're on the road. Uh, you know, the Rams weren't as good on the road last year. Golf wasn't as good on the road last year. But uh, if especially if you're talking GPPs, uh, I think if you're trying to be a little different, I think getting a quarterback like that in a great offense, I would probably go Brandon Cooks in GPP. I'd probably go Woods in Cash if you're going to play that. Um, just kind of the way that they they build it. I'm a little bit hesitant on Cup. I kind of want to see um, how he looks with the knee coming out. So I'm, I'm a little bit pulled back on him to start, but uh, I, I love the, I love the build with those two guys. And I think that uh, I think it's gonna be low percentage. Do you think he'll be lower than Baker? Uh, golfers is Baker. Yeah. I yeah. think Baker will be, I think Baker will be twice as high at least. Okay. Yeah. Uh, dropping down just for a second. You, we mentioned the guys in the mid range, you know, Carson Wentz is 5,700. Mm-hmm. I love Carson Wentz this season. I'm just a little bit worried this week just because if they, I think they're gonna get up on the Redskins pretty quick and I wonder how much they throw the second half, but, uh, dropping down to two, uh, two guys a little bit lower, lower, you know, the guys gonna be low percent is Jeremy Garoppolo. He's in this, uh, 49ers Tampa Bay game, 5,800 on DraftKings. looked horrible in the preseason. Uh, looked a little bit better in the last game, kind of warmed it up, but there was a lot of talk about him throwing interceptions in practice, all this kind of crap that people really got into on that one um the Tampa Bay defense is bad I mean the Tampa Bay offense is gonna score they're gonna score on the Niners defense that the, the defense is really bad they were horrible for for chunks of last year Garoppolo does have a lot of weapons it'd be hard to figure out which one to pick but um you know with Dante Pettis and Marquise Goodwin and uh, you know the, and Matt Breida coming out of that, obviously George Kittle is their biggest weapon it seems to me that Garoppolo uh, will be low percent this week in a game that is a high total I think he's mildly interesting. I just don't. I wonder about the ceiling. I wonder, you know, how much he can really go off. But with those weapons, uh, he could spread it around, and be pretty good. 
I think you you have a similar situation, <clears throat> at least in terms of like he has all these weapons as Wentz with Garoppolo. That Wentz obviously we have this possible situation where they're up huge and he kind of gives up. Whereas Garoppolo, yeah. the expectation is they're going to be trying to score all game, just going back and forth. Um, but they both have like a number of weapons where you're kind of hesitant to pick like a few guys. I guess you're probably more comfortable with Garoppolo and Kittle than than Wentz, I guess, and Ertz. But like there seems like there's all this talk that they really want to start distributing the ball more than just going to Ertz. And so, right. um, yeah, you it's to the point where when you combine them, um, or when you try to stack them with, you know, other guys and the, with their receivers, you're kind of stuck of like, who am I actually going to go with? I guess Garoppolo Kittle is an easy one. So, um, you know, you can go that way, but I like that call because you're right. It's like 5,800 for a quarterback in a game that, um, should be high scoring. There's not really a huge expectation that the 49ers are going to pound the ball, um, out of the backfield. And so, um, I like that call. Although I'm not sure you're going to get more out of Garoppolo than you're going to get out of Dak Prescott. Yeah, Dak's the other guy in that range that is really interesting. You know, a little bit game script worry. You know, if they get in the second half of the lead, they may pound that. They may pound Zeke and your boy Tony Pollard down the stretch. <laughs> um, but I, I really like a. Uh, I want to see an injury report on Amari Cooper, but I like a Dak Amari Cooper scap. Mm-hmm. I actually like a Dak Michael Gallup, Gallup stack. Yeah. I think Michael Gallup is. Uh, we'll talk about receivers. Uh, you know, we've hit a few. But we'll talk about some more receivers here in a second. But um, I think Gallup is one of the more interesting cheap guys. I think he's a big play guy. I think he he was really used more down the stretch. I think he had 21 targets the last three games for the Cowboys. So you know, really kind of got involved late. Um, and the interesting thing with them is the you know as Zeke hasn't been there at practice the whole offseason. Uh, the, the, the preseason training camp all the practices i think that's allowed dak to get a little more uh, comfortable with both amari and michael gallup i think that maybe zeke not being there and focusing on the running game has has improved what dak can do in the or at least especially early on yeah no i totally agree and like given all the quarterback options like who's going to play dak this week yeah, that, that's true, too. Uh, two other quarterbacks I wanted to mention real quick before we move on. I know I'm talking a little bit too much here. Uh, Kyler Murray, 5,600 DraftKings, 7,200 FanDuel. You know, I think this is a question of how much of the preseason was vanilla, how much uh, you buy that. And then also you mentioned uh, earlier Jacoby Brissett. And Andy, he's 4,400 on DraftKings. <laughs> Super cheap, insanely cheap. Uh, you know, I like the Chargers defense. Uh, I think probably more than most people do. I'm a little bit worried here. But uh, either Murray or Brissett, if you're playing like probably more a GPP, are you building around either of these guys in, in a GPP stack? I love Brissett. Like just, I mean, it's obviously the salary um, right. is so helpful. But like the, the Colts have like weapons that you can take advantage of. Uh, it's not like we have this horrible quarterback situation. Or, you know, if, if luck was still around, we would be talking about Colt stacks. And obviously the game at the Chargers is not going to be an easy one. But like I think that's a a path that people would have gone on. And so Brissett is obviously not nearly as good as luck. But given the salary range, like why wouldn't you at least try to go with like a Brissett, T. Y. Hilton, Ebron stack? Like if they try, you know, if if the Chargers are as good as we everybody thinks they are, then the Colts are gonna have to be trying to come back Brissett can do a little bit with his feet and so like I, I see there just seems like there's so much more upside um with somebody like Brissett at 4400 than Eli Manning at 5000 or Andy Dalton at 5000 uh Mariota like why would you ever think that you're going to get enough out of those guys when you can get Brissett with like weapons that you actually want to pair him with 
Yeah, I, I agree fully with everything you said. I think that if the you know the top end running backs were uh, you know more appealing compared, there's there's so much value in the mid range. Yeah. I think that if the but if you wanted to go, uh, you sent me a lineup earlier. If you wanted to go Brissett, you could play McCaffrey and Barkley. You'd be really different and and really interesting. I, I the the biggest thing with Brissett, and I kind of just said it now, like you're not just like throwing in some garbage quarterback just so you can pay up elsewhere. Like right. he's a legitimate quarterback. Like we've seen him play. Um, he's not the best quarterback in the league, but he's far from the worst. And there are plenty of people who last year were playing Blake Bortles in order to get up for other guys. And um, Brissett like is, is competent enough that, and he has weapons. Like there's nothing stopping us from believing that he could throw like three very short passes to T.Y. Hilton and they go 80 yards for a touchdown. Like he has yep. weapons that can benefit him. And so when you look at that and you're thinking, if I can play him and now I'm getting the best running backs in the game and possibly another very good wide receiver, uh, and I don't have to rely on Eli Manning or Andy Dalton or Marcus Mariota, why not? Would you play, last question before we move on, we got to move on. Have, would you play Brissett in a cash lineup? No. Okay. I so thought about just it. I thought about it a GP. lot. Okay. But I, I ultimately, I just, the, the builds that I ended up with, uh, I ended up basically what you end up doing is paying up uh, basically for extra wide receivers, or you end up paying for, for these running backs who we kind of already established aren't really worth paying up for because you have the, the cheaper guys that can allow you to play a better quarterback. Like you're not really, you're not helping yourself in terms of a better overall team. Yeah, I agree there. I think I'm pretty sure that I will have one Brissett T.Y. Hilton uh, GPPs yeah, play. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, before we get to some pass catcher, we, we've hit a bunch of the wide receivers. I kind of want to do wide receiver and tight end kind of together. Um, a note from our primary sponsor, Yahoo. Yahoo has officially released their week one daily fantasy football contest. They have a $1 million contest for week one with no management fee and $100,000 to first place, meaning more go money goes back to you, the players. There's a 10 entry max, so you're not going to be playing against people with 150 lineups like on some other sites. Yahoo has a $100,000 guaranteed contest also, so there are a lot of prizes out there for week one. If you're just getting started for da with Daily Fantasy Football, join for free to enter the Yahoo Cup and play all season long. $150,000 in weekly and season-long prizes. If you get a perfect lineup, you have a chance to win $1 million. Get started now at yahoo.com slash dailyfantasy. So uh, we kind of talked about a bunch of the wide receivers as we did quarterback wide receiver stacks. Is there anybody on the top end that we haven't talked about that, uh, that you're interested in? You know, we have Julio Jones, although he had a, a weird quote yesterday about he's thinking about not playing until his conduct works out. Uh, you wonder how healthy he is. We have Odell Beckham also had a weird quote saying he's not really able to open it up quite yet. He thinks the adrenaline of playing week one will change that. Uh, always worries me a little bit with Beckham because he tends to be a guy that is not uh, does not play if he's not 100%. Uh, we talked about Mike Evans. We talked about Amari Cooper a little bit. The Vikings guys. Uh, is there anybody in, the, in this top end that you are uh, you're really attacking uh, in the elite guys? The one who I keep landing on, and I can't decide if I really want to play him, is Keenan Allen. Um, yeah. Which is he's pretty much the only one in this group that we didn't that we haven't talked about. Um, he's so reliable. It it seems, um, and it's like a good situation. Even though you know I. I like the Colts this week, but like the Chargers still very good. They're going to put up points. I think there are enough people talking about um, the the backfield situation where we're kind of ignoring the wideouts. Mike Williams, I think, it's, could be a very good play this week. But there's kind of this talk about how Indianapolis basically forces short passes, which moves more into Allen's range than it does for Williams. Um, and the gen basically the way that my cash lineup has taken form 
is that I have one expensive wide receiver. And I feel like you can make a case against all of them. <laughs> like the Julio Jones thing, like obviously the, the matchup against Xavier Rhodes is, is something to think about, but um, it's not going to move the needle for me enough to like throw Jones out. And right. like, I think Beckham is, could have a great game. Godwin is going to be highly owned in cash. I'm probably not going to play Evans. Tyree Kill, I probably don't play. I, I generally don't play him in cash anyway. And that leaves kind of Allen uh, along with the Minnesota guys. And even the Minnesota ones, like you have two of them. It seems like they're basically the only two wide receivers on the team. So <laughs> we know they're going to be heavily targeted, right. but you, you know you don't want to pick the wrong one. And so, um, I don't know, Keenan Allen kind of fits in this range of like, maybe he actually is the safest one of this group. And because he's not like as explosive as Hill or as physically dominant as Evans or, or Jones that I kind of don't put him in this range, but like maybe he actually is the answer. Yeah. And I, th- I think that I mentioned earlier, I'm really worried about the Chargers' office line. I think that actually works to his benefit. I think that mm-hmm. uh, they're going to try and get the ball out of Rivers' hand quickly. And that is Keenan Allen in the slot. You know, that's uh, that's quick little passes. That's quick little outs, quick little slants. Uh, so I think that the, the game flow really builds well for Allen with how their offensive line is is right now. Uh, 7,300 on drafting, 7,700 on FanDuel. So a little bit, you do get a little bit of price break from the top guys. Uh, I have Keenan Allen bolded on my sheet. I think that I'm going to be playing a bunch of Keenan Allen. I like, uh, I, like this, uh, I like this game. I like the way it sets up for him. I'm super tempted by Odell Beckham. I just, you know, that that quote yesterday freaked me out a little bit, but I think he's probably just talking as he tends to do a little bit. I think he wants to make a big splash in game one. I think he's, you know, the most talented and explosive of all the wide receivers. Um, I want to see a a few more quotes. I want to see a little bit more on the health and probably dig into that uh, over the weekend. But uh, I'm going to be super tempted to try and squeeze Odell Beckham into lines because I I, I think he's going to he's going to want a big splash at home in his first game. The narrative is definitely there, Scott. It's definitely. It is. I know you don't like narratives as much as I do, but uh, I actually love them. But I try to. I've learned to temper my. I think people have given me enough crap for revenge games that I uh, I'm starting to (laughs) to uh, hesitate on them a little bit. But um, the what you mentioned about Beckham, how he like he pretty much doesn't want to play unless he's 100. percent Like, well, if he's playing, we know he's 100 percent at least. So it's not like he's going to go in kind of hobbled. But yeah, it's um, he's really tempting, really tempting. Yeah, in the uh, in the mid range, a couple of guys I wanted to ask you about. We've already kind of hit Chris Godwin. We know he's going to be popular. Uh, first guy I wanted to ask you about. You know, if you think this Rams uh, Panthers game is going to be a little bit back and forth, the over under is pretty high. If you like the Rams side, you know you, you're going to have someone on the on the Panthers side to score. Uh, talk to me about how you feel about DJ Moore. Fifty five hundred on DraftKings, sixty two hundred on FanDuel. He's a great yards after catch guy. He had like the third highest yards after catch for any rookie in the history of the NFL last year. Grades out really well with coming the advanced metrics. You know, think he's a really good wide receiver pretty good game script um tough cornerback matchups you know you've got marcus peters you got a keep to uh, on the other side so it's not uh, not a game where you know you really uh, you really are, are attacking the other defense but uh, how do you feel about dj Moore? And if you want to hit on curtis samuel who's really cheap this week he's 4200 on DraftKings. i was shocked by that price considering how popular he's been moving up in drafts uh, but i guess that was kind of you know they, they priced it far ahead of time how do you feel about the carolina receivers this week uh, with cam <laughs> samuel's price uh makes more a non-consideration for me like, I don't oh, know. really? Yeah, That's completely. Um, okay. Be- I, I don't think that the separation between their expectations is high enough to justify a, um, what is it, $1,300 difference on, yep. on DraftKings that, like, what? why would I play more is ha- really how I'm looking at it. Um, there are other guys in that range. Like, I think you're probably better off with uh, Cooper Cup, even though we were talking about, you know, his targets, you know, are going to be taken away 
at least partially because there are only so many balls that are going around. But like, I think Dante Pettis, Sterling Shepard, who I can't believe I'm even mentioning, but like, I think those guys are actually, <laughs> um, when you think of like what your, what the realistic expectation is, I think you could probably put Samuel in that group, but because he's so much cheaper, it's like, what's the, the only reason to take more is because you think everybody is looking and saying, well, why don't I just take Samuel? Right. Yeah. I was going to say that the, the answer to that is probably, you know, the fact that a GPP, everybody's going to take Samuel. Uh, I think Samuel's going to be really high percentage at 4,200. I don't know how people aren't going to like scroll and just jump on that right away. I totally agree, which is what like, obviously who I'm somebody who focuses on cash games and it's like, well, he's gonna be really highly owned and it's like, good. I got one right. Uh, right. so, but obviously <laughs> GPP. Yeah. I mean, feel free to fade that because I mean, at 4,200, there are other guys that like Michael Gallup is a hundred dollars yep. more and they, you know, he can score just as easily as Samuel. Um, we've got Jamison Crowder who, um, people are getting, somewhat excited for at least in, for DraftKings his full point PPR and they're expecting him to get a bunch of looks. But uh, even on the, on the uh, GPP side, like Deshaun Jackson's 4,500 on DraftKings, um, Christian Kirk is 4,700. And I feel like those are guys that you could play instead of Samuel where um, I, I just don't see Samuel putting up like such a huge game that you're going to totally get burned if you don't have them because everybody else has them. Yeah, I, I agree there. I think in a GPP, he makes for an interesting kind of uh, moving to some other guys in the same range. Uh, also in the mid-range, uh, Kenny Galladay. We have no Patrick Peterson for the Cardinals. You know, the guy had over 1,000 yards last year. Uh, you know, someone's going to have to uh, do some uh, do some stuff against the Cardinals here. You know, obviously we talked about Kerryon Johnson earlier. I think Galladay at 6,300 on, on DraftKings, 6,900 fans is going to be pretty popular also. Uh, how do you feel about Galladay this week? I really like it. I, I was kind of messing around with a few different stacks and obviously the Stafford Galladay kind of makes sense. And then I was looking like, well, do I actually want to go a little deeper with the, with the lions and kind of fade Galladay? But, um, I mean, he's clearly the number one guy there. Like if they're going to go in the end zone, the ball's going to go to him. So I really like that price. I'm just not sure I'm going to end up going like there. It's the same situation. Like you have the Rams guys right around him. T Y Hilton, Tyler Lockett is actually kind of close to him as well. And so, um, I'm not sure he's going to be quite as high owned as, as maybe I initially thought just because 6,300 for Galladay, you know, in the game, they're favored. There should be some points in that game. You know, it's not a low scoring game. So I think he's definitely a good play. I just, now you're like, do I really want to play Stafford too? Yeah. Uh, the answer to that is no. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And I, you mentioned, you mentioned Lockett at 6,000, but obviously we mentioned Godwin. He's the same, essentially the same price as Galladay. He's a hundred cheaper. I think Godwin's going to suck so much of that percentage yeah. up that maybe Galladay slides through a, a little low percentage than I thought maybe a couple days ago. Yeah. I, I mean, just on the surface, like, well, I guess Godwin isn't really, isn't the number one, but like you have the, a number one receiver in a game that doesn't have that high of a total or the number two receiver on a game that has um, one of the highest on the week. Yeah, and I, I just think Godwin is just so popular right now. Do you mentioned Tyler Lockett? Thirteen point eight yards, thirteen point eight yards per attempt last year led the NFL. It was that's a huge number in yards per attempt. That's not yards per catch; that's yards per attempt. A uh, ton of targets uh, missing in Seattle with Doug Baldwin retiring. Uh, it just, I love Lockett. I just my my only concern here is that Seattle runs the ball like seven hundred times in the second half. I mean, they could run it seven hundred times in the first half. That's, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's um, also true. Yeah, I. I Lockett was like one of those guys that was really fun to play when he was like 4,500 or 5,200. And now that he's at, like, Lockett's one of those guys who is priced efficiently for this week now. Like it's because like, I think if they were pricing everything now, 
Obviously, I think guys like Cook and Carson, like the running backs will be priced up a little bit, but because we've had them for a month, but I'm not sure Lockett's price actually changes, like despite us having a few weeks of knowing like what's going on. And so um, like you, you, I'd like to see like the first 10 catch game before I like, obviously you want to be early on guys and not late, but I'll let somebody else take the six straight four catch 80 yard games before they get their, uh, their 10 catch one. Yeah. I think more of a GBP than a, than a cash guy there. Cause yeah. like you said, the tar- the targets aren't quite what you want from a, you know, receiver at that price, but the lockets obviously explosive on the, on the Uber cheapy side. Um, well, let's go cheapies first. Then I have a couple of really low guys, uh, 4,800, uh, DD Westbrook. If you are playing a chiefs stack and you wanted you do want to go Mahomes and Kelsey, uh, I like the, the idea of going with something back against that chiefs uh, stack with the hope in a GBP, you know, you want a little bit of a shootout. Westbrook is 4,800 should get a lot of targets. They they like him in the slot. Nick Foles is a guy that likes to hit the slot receiver. Um, I think in DraftKings at full point PPR, uh, Westbrook is going to very much pay off the forty eight hundred price tag. Yeah, I think he's a legitimate cash play. Like, uh, which yeah, I do too. Where you know, where uh, it's it's odd. Thankfully, we have Nick Foles now because it's odd to be like, yeah, I like this Jacksonville Jaguars receiver in cash. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> but doubt. thankfully, um, you know, the expectation at least is that he's that Foles will be much better, um, and. But I think there are a couple guys, like I mentioned Shepard before, I think with the way that the Giants are set up, obviously everything revolves around Barkley. There's been so much talk about Evan Ingram uh, as well, but like Shepard is the top wide out there. He's, he had a, a few pretty good games last year. Um, I'm a bit of a Larry Fitzgerald apologist. And so like, I think he's always like fine. Like that's how I, that's how I describe Larry. Like he's always fine. Like I think if you play him, like that's fine. And if you think he's not worth it, that's fine too. Um, I, I definitely play Westbrook over both of those guys. Um, and then speaking of Fitzgerald, like we mentioned Kirk before, I think he, you know, you can look at that way as well. I think there, there absolutely will be some like Murray Kirk, uh, stacks that I think you could even possibly play David Johnson with them. I don't even know if we mentioned David Johnson before now that I say his name, but, um, I don't think there's a team with more question marks just in terms of like what they will actually look like than the Arizona Cardinals. Like, yeah, I, I think they're they're far and away. There's some interesting situations, and I think that everybody wants to see what Lamar Jackson does and all that. But I think that Arizona could. Uh, I think I, I mentioned this with uh, I talked with Jeff Erickson on the Wednesday podcast. I, I don't think it'd be surprising if they score nine points. I don't. I wouldn't be shocked if they score 31 points. Like I have no yeah, idea. It, it's gonna be. It's going to be fun to watch. I actually like the over in that game. It's one of my, you know, not to spoil my best bets later, but I think that uh, I think we're going to see Kyler Murray make a couple of ex- a couple of really explosive plays, and we're going to remember, you know, why the guy won the Heisman and, and what he can really do when he gets out in the open field. Yeah, and it seems like the fantasy community has just been so high on Murray because of what he can do with his legs. But, like, um, obviously that doesn't help guys like Kirk and Fitzgerald. But I think what, how you put it is perfect. Like, they're, if they score nine, that's kind of within the realm of expectations. Like, it's entirely possible that Murray is horrible in this first game. Like five interceptions, two. Like he could be terrible and yep. still be okay for the rest of the season. But like we really don't know. Like the we got absolutely nothing in the preseason that showed us what they're going to do, let alone whether he can do it. And so, um, you know, that's why I, when the salaries originally came out, it was like, ah, oh, you could play Kyler Murray in cash. Like he's cheap, and then and it's all. When you start working into it, you're like, boy, the range of outcomes on Kyler Murray is really high, and you tend not to really want that in cash games. And so, um, but yeah, that that game and and that passing attack is going to be really fun. 
Yeah, think? I think that uh, I'm pretty sure that after week one, we're either going to have Cliff Kingsbury's an idiot or Cliff Kingsbury's a genius. And I don't think there's going to be much in between. It's like early Chip Kelly, though, right? Yeah, it really I just I have I think it's going to be an extreme reaction either way. If they score nine points, I think it's going to be like, you know, this stuff doesn't work. And if they score 31, it's going to be like, oh, he just revolutionized the end. It's going to be it's going to be extremes are going to be kind of painful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe Chip Kelly is just ahead of his time. Yeah, I hate I hate extremes either way. (laughs) Uh, Interesting. We're talking about this game. The one other guy I want to talk about this game in kind of that the cheap but not uber cheap receiver range. Uh, I think that at forty eight hundred with with Westbrook there also with Sterling Shepard, a lot of guys you mentioned with with Samuel and Gallup. I think Marvin Jones in a GPP at forty eight hundred is a really good play. If you want to be different, you want to get a guy at two percent that is in a you know offense with a pretty good quarterback. Stafford can throw the ball. Galladay is going to take a lot of attention. I think Marvin Jones is kind of sneaky good. Uh, I think he, people underestimate that, you know how good he is when he's healthy. He actually really produces. I think at forty eight hundred, he's going to go very unowned. It is a, is, a, is a really good GPP dart. Marvin Jones can definitely help you win a GPP. Like yeah. he's one of those players. He's probably done it. Um, he had one big game last year, seven catches, 117 yards, two touchdowns for 4,800. Oh, look, he's 4,800 again. Um, there you go. Yeah. Magic price. Yeah, totally. I, what's convenient, uh, thank you for DraftKings for doing this, is that for, I always got Jones and Golden Tate mixed up and now they're the exact same price, but thankfully Tate's been ruled out. So I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think that's a great call because I mean, we were talking about like Galladay is a perfectly good play, but like Jones could certainly match Galladay in production and he's much cheaper. And he's going to be like 2.2%. Yeah, 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 for sure. Again, uh, real, Stafford. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Real quick on Uber cheapies. Is there anybody in like the low 3,000 range that, that, that you'd like a wide receiver kind of for a, a punt play? Going way down. Yeah, I was actually, uh, I was scrolling at least to your boy uh, Goodwin because I think um, we kind of mentioned him. Did we mention him before? If not, we should. Uh, we, we mentioned him real quick when we were talking about uh, Garoppolo and Pettis, but yeah, I think that you know, Goodwin in a, in a GPP. Uh, I think people forget how how good of a connection there was with yeah. Garoppolo and Goodwin that that five game stretch where the Niners were five and zero at the end of the 2017 season. So it seems like a long time ago as a 49ers fan that we had that optimism. But uh, yeah, I think Goodwin is a, a GPP guy. The guy can he's the, probably the fastest guy in the league can hit a big play at any time. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I mean, there aren't. They're really, I, I tend not to go this low. I mean, uh, that's probably a, a fault of like playing mostly cash games that you don't want right. to take too many of these darts. I mean, you look at guys like Quincy and Nunwa, maybe just because he's familiar to me, but, and even in that nope. game, like people are talking about Cole Beasley, but the upside is so limited with guy with Beasley or Danny Amendola staying with Detroit. Um, I just don't see like enough upside with those guys that you're going to really, um, want to have to play them. Since I probably am more the GPP guy, I'll give you a couple names down here real quick. Um, I think if you're gonna go, if you if you like Beasley, those type of guys, I think Trey Quinn in Washington is a better um, kind of slot PPR guy. Really good game script. They're going against the Eagles. They're gonna be down that whole game. Yeah. I think I think Case Keenum dumps off to Trey Quinn about six or seven times. Uh, if you wanted a more high upside guy, I really like Brashard Perryman in uh, Cleveland, third wide receiver in a really good offense. Um, you know, they do uh, they, the game script might be a little tough if they're leading Tennessee, but you know, I think Tennessee hangs in that game a little bit. He looked really good in the preseason, had some good uh, good stuff with Baker Mayfield. I think at 3,300, I don't think Perryman will hurt you and could be really big. And the last guy would be um, I, I, the last guy would be Rashard Higgins, uh, 3,200, uh, kind of a, a GPP dart also. Yeah, I wouldn't ever consider these guys and i i messed up i messed up pyramids i met Jameis winston not baker mayfield i had him and i had i had, <laughs> I had higgins and Perriman. Yeah, higgins, right. 
Perryman's the third guy for Tampa Bay, so it is a good game script. And that he, he flashed in the preseason with Winston. I think that 3,300, uh, he's a guy that was a first-round pick a couple years ago. Um, I, I don't know. He, I, he's a guy that I think is a little underdrafted in, 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 in season long. I, I took him in the 20th round in a couple spots. Um, 3,300, I think he's, uh, you know, Evans and, and Godwin are going to get the bulk, but I think Perriman could have a big play. Only GPPs, but he's a, he's a guy that could flash. I like it. I like it, Scott. Yeah, sorry, sorry, I mixed those guys up. I had, I had they're right next to each other on DraftKings. I had so. them written next to each other on my spreadsheet too, and I just, mm-hmm. I just on that. So I apologize for that. Uh, real quick before we jump out of here, we've gone a little bit long, but uh, kind of expected for week one. Uh, tight ends. We mentioned Kelsey. We mentioned Kittle. We mentioned Oday Howard. Uh, guy we didn't mention way down the price list is Hunter Henry at thirty nine hundred. You know, if you think that uh, the offensive line could struggle and they get the ball out quick to Keenan Allen, that also works for for Hunter Henry. Uh, I don't know why he's thirty nine hundred and not in more of the five thousand OJ Howard range. It is kind of weird. Um, I agree with you. I think part of it is that the Chargers have like a number of other weapons that I mean, not that the Bucks don't, but um, I don't know. It just seems like you need like a number of guys on the Chargers to have subpar games for Henry to have a good one. And, you know, if, if that's the expectation you have, then go nuts. But like, I just feel like they, they can throw the ball to multiple running backs. They obviously have multiple wide receivers. They can throw the ball to. And so, I don't know. I just, I don't see the, the firm upside of Henry other than, you know, he obviously is a target in the red zone, but like, there's no volume there that, um, that you can rely on as opposed to guys that are higher up, like Ingram, Howard, or maybe not. I'll, I'll casually throw Howard in there, but Ertz, <laughs> Kittle, and Kelsey. Like, I think right. this is a week where, and I guess 3,900 is low enough on DraftKings where that is paying down, but there are guys who are even further that I feel like in a reasonable expectation range can can match Henry on on a week like this. I'm I'm probably a little bit higher on Henry than you are. I, I think I put him above kind of those other uh, guys in the three thousands. You know, from a from a talent standpoint, I agree sure. with you that the the targets. Uh, you know, it's gonna be Mike Williams, gonna be Keenan Allen, majority. But I think Hunter Henry be involved. Rivers always loves the tight end. You know, years yeah. and years of Antonio Gates and Gates is now gone. Um, I think thirty nine hundred. I think he's gonna be pretty popular. I think OJ Howard will probably be the most popular at five thousand just because he's a a good chunk down from the Kelsey Ittle, Kelsey and Kittle uh, guys. Uh, I think Howard at five thousand that price surprised me a little bit. I thought he'd be more like fifty eight hundred. Obviously that we've talked about the the Bucks Niners game plenty to know that he's a he's a pretty uh, in a really good game script. He's a really explosive guy. I think that he's got, got to be pretty highly owned too. What do you think the odds are that are for our like week fourteen preview that we're talking about Antonio Gates? Oh God, I hope not. <laughs> like he literally was like slogging and posting up when he when he came uh-huh. back. It was it was ugly. It was hard to watch. Yeah, he played basketball. Did you know that? I did. Uh, can't, 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 they never mentioned on the broadcast, so I always I always feel like I don't know mm-hmm. him and Tony Gonzalez. Do you know where Antonio Gates played basketball though? <sighs> I did at one point in my life. Stop! Stop looking it up. No, I wasn't. Um, <laughs> Kent, Kent, Kent State. State. Yeah. Yes. Darn. You're the Came college basketball right guy. Come on. Yeah, right when you said it. Uh, Eddie, you mentioned uh, some guys under under Hunter Henry. Are there any like tight end punt plays you like this week that think, you think that you can slide in there and they won't hurt you? I think uh, we mentioned uh, Mark Andrews before. If you're going to play Lamar Jackson, like you might as well just you know. He's how uh, how much is Andrews? I don't have three thousand. Okay. Oh wow, he is yeah, really he's cheap. like really cheap. Uh, um, I I think um, after that, I mean, all of these guys are kind of the same. Like. I have seen some people uh, get a little excited about Austin Hooper, which seems just kind of random. And based on that randomness, like 
you could play Kyle Rudolph or Greg Olson. Like these are guys who, you know, have caught touchdowns before. Like that's what you have in this range now. Like guys who have caught touchdowns. Um, Austin, I, Austin Hooper is never random for uh, this Stanford fan. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah. Dallas Goder. Is it Goder or Godert? I say Do Dallas Goddard. Goddard? I think I'm mis- yeah. mispronouncing that for the last you you, you went uh, you went very French on it. Yeah, impressive. it's a soccer thing. It, usually yeah. it's a silent. But anyway, yeah, people Austin are talking Godard, about Goddard, eh? Yeah, people are talking about him getting some looks um which are going to take away from Ertz uh 2900 like yeah, yeah, you know for GPPs certainly cheap so that helps. But I'm not sure you're going to get much out of him and then um if you're going to play Jason Witten, I think you should just just start over. I love that Jason Witten had hair last year when he was in the booth, and now is back to being bald. I mean, maybe it's a helmet thing. I think it's a toupee thing. Oh, <laughs> okay. Uh, one guy I'm going to mention, and you you might cringe when I mention him, I think in a GPP, if you're trying to be a little bit different but also have a reason for playing a guy, uh, I do like Tyler Eifert a little bit at 3,100. Obviously a guy that it, you know could get hurt in quarter one, and you're not going to see him again. But uh, he's practicing. The ankle sounds like it's uh, it's fine and good to go. Um, I think that Andy Dalton's going to have to dump down and throw a ton in the second half. When he does that, it tends to beat a Tyler Eifert when he is healthy. Um, I think if I were playing a GPP, I'd go I'd go Eifert in that range over the more popular Mark Andrews. Okay. <laughs> Andrews, is a be- Andrews is a better play, but I think GPP wise, I think uh, I think Eifert could flash for the price if you're looking to save some money. Um, you know, at a uh, at a two percent ownership, also I think he he there's enough reasons there. We talk about playing guys for reasons. I think there are enough reasons in this in this matchup to play Eifert. Okay. And the Seattle <laughs> secondary is sneaky, not as good as it used to be. Yeah. Yep. I'll give you that. Uh, real quick before we get out of here, anybody? Uh, you know, I don't. I know we don't really like to to talk too much about defenses or any uh, any defenses that you uh, you really like as being you know maybe uh, sneaky. I think the Ravens at Miami are gonna be the highest percentage, but they're also the highest priced. I think that Seattle at thirty one hundred Japanese yeah. gonna be really really popular. Also, big favorite home field, obviously against Andy Dalton. Um, I think the interesting the Chargers. You know, they were priced before Andrew Luck retired, so they're thirty three thousand. I know you like uh, Brissett in the Colts offense a little more than most, so you probably won't play there. Anybody on the defensive side that you think you're gonna you're gonna go to just because you think they they're an interesting play? Uh, I'm gonna gr- agree on the Seahawks. I like the Jets as well, which I know sounds crazy, but like playing against Josh Allen, I think is certainly an opportunity. And the 49ers are only 2,200, and we're talking about like Jameis Winston comes with plenty of question marks. They could pick off four passes and still give up 30 points. And so, um, you know, we want to focus on guy on defenses that are gonna see a lot of passes because. Pass plays generally, you know, they take longer, so they're better opportunities for sacks. Uh, and then the ball is in the air, so they're better opportunities for interceptions. Uh, and we have a quarterback who has thrown quite a few in his career. Um, I think the 49ers are like a solid pay down option. Interesting. That's a that's a good little uh, good little uh, note there. I like that. But uh, um, the only ones I, other ones I would bring up, um, if you want to get away from the Ravens, which I think I were, I probably do in GPPs, I like Dallas a lot of going to thirty five hundred against uh, Eli Manning. You got to think that uh, Manning's going to make some mistakes, especially in the second half. The other interesting one is is Cleveland. They are facing the Titans, and while you don't usually like to attack the Titans because they run the ball, uh, you know, nine hundred times and a lot of Derrick Henry, uh, I think that Cleveland's going to be leading this game. I think that uh, if if they're leading, I love going against Marcus Mariota having to pass. I think Miles. I think Miles Garrett is going to be an absolute monster this year. I think uh, we're going full Miles Garrett breakout this year. I think he's going to make a lot of big plays. And, you know, when you play defense, you want guys to make big plays. I think the Cleveland's going to be flying around Week One. Uh, if they can get a lead, if Baker and, and, and Chubb and Beckham can get them out to a lead, I, I really like Cleveland in the second half to make a big play on defense. Love it, love it. 
Anybody else that you want to talk about? Anybody I skipped? Anybody we went over? Anybody that uh, you know you really like that we haven't talked about or you wanted to address real quick? No, I think we have named pretty much everybody that we should name, and probably yeah. a few more. And probably a few more. Although I think you know we skipped some guys uh, that we would normally talk about, but we, you know we're not interested in playing, so we're not gonna. Again, we right. can't focus on everybody. We want to really talk about and get in depth the guys that we do like. So, uh, well, it was good. I, I'm glad that we have this season going. Hope everybody enjoys the podcast. Again, if you please rate over the podcast, we greatly appreciate that. Thanks everybody for listening to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. We will bat you for uh, a little bit of a recap on Week One next week and a, and a focus on uh, the Week Two slate. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.